All right, well, let's pray. Lord, again, we're so grateful for everything that you've done, everything that you'll do. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, we just want you. We want to please you. We're grateful for you being with us. And please come mightily in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, about the next 25 minutes or so, uh, the Lord wants to just continue to download into us and uh, fill our hearts and take us from that glory to glory. Is this awesome youth section ready? (laughs) This slightly older section ready? Y'all need another shot at it? The, this youth section ready? <laughs> Man, I get to hear that every Friday night for a while. You ever prayed for the Lord to come mightily into your situation? I believe we all have. Into our, into our sphere, into our church, into our nation. I'll talk a little bit about that as well, uh, what the Lord wants to do. And, uh, and if the fire has went out, as you heard Bishop Son, uh, Ron say, it's like we want more, but he wants to bring it back. He wants to spark it. Uh, We may have hard situations, anything going on, but he wants to bring that back. You know, and I read about some of the Great Awakenings. Y'all have heard of that stuff, Uh, revivals taking place, the Great Awakenings. I thought, when is the first Great Awakening? When did that happen? Uh, And the the first one was here. I got sometimes Great Awakening or the Evangelical Revival was a series of Christian revivals that swept Britain and its 13 colonies between the 1730s and the 1740s. The revival movement permanently affected Protestantism and adherents strove to renew individual piety and religious devotion back what they lost. And then I thought, well, I wonder when the second Great Awakening was. So here's the second one. It was a Protestant religious revival movement during the early 19th century in the United States. The movement began around 1790, gained momentum by 1800. And after 1820, membership rose rapidly among Baptist and Methodist congregations whose preachers led the movement. So we want to lead the movement of whatever the Holy Spirit wants, right? We want to lead them. I love and I believe in my heart that they're going to look back and whatever it will be called, they're going to say, there was a great revival or a great awakening that took place in Liberty Hill, Texas. It started here and here, whatever it is, and it took place. And you know what? It does not have to go out. The Lord wants to keep that fire going. It makes sense to me to want more of God, to crave Him, to ask for Him. But my three points today, I'm going to make three points today. The first one is going to be the psalmist, psalmist plea for revival. The psalmist sees God as the source of revival. And the psalmist looks beyond remorse to rejoicing. Yeah, Bishop and I were talking, I was telling him about, uh, mentioned to him for like nine months to a year in my prayer time, which is mostly every morning. I'll get up and I just have said, come Holy Spirit, please come. I need you. I need you in this, I need you in that, but come Holy Spirit. In all those areas that I'm praying for, I wanted him to come. And I will tell you this, in a short power of time that's really close together, I got three answers on really important things that are going on in my life. I'm grateful for that. Isn't that a great God, really? Isn't that awesome? D.L. Moody, he said, every great work of God can be traced to a kneeling figure, to people that are praying. And you can be kneeling in your heart, kneeling in your heart, praying to him. Is there a need in our community and in our nation? We know there is. My verse for today is Psalms 85, 6. Won't you revive us again? Notice the again in there. Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? And the message letting them make a fresh start. Letting them make a new start. Anybody ever prayed for a fresh start? A new start? 
We know that we need it. We know that our community needs it. We know that the schools need it. We know that we could go on and on and on. Our nation needs a new start. And the good thing is we have a Savior that can do it in an instant. In an instant. The first point, the psalmist plea for revival. Will you revive us again? So that means something has died. I remember in the Bible, I don't know if you're all familiar with it, but there's this guy called Jesus. He died and rose again, right? His good buddy went an extra day, but he died and he rose again, right? There's some spiritual significance why he went four days, by the way, uh, instead of the three, but, which is cool if you study it. Uh, but he died and he rose again. So something has died normally with death in various ways. There's pain. People that die, sometimes it's painful to watch. It's painful. But I'll tell you what, it was painful for them to watch Lazarus' de death, but it doesn't talk about all the excitement that they felt when they went, we were wrong again, Jesus. I'll be darned. You brought him back from the dead. Jesus did what Jesus does, right? So he brought his friend back. They obviously have experienced victory. That's what he's talking about. Uh, I will t I'll tell you this. Uh, years ago, it's probably six, seven years ago, the girls were about like that. And they were, because I remember them cheering me on, but we got a little baseball team in our, in our area out there where I live in the community. So this one guy, he's, he's on the team with me that uh, I graduated with him. And so that means he was not, he's not in his prime anymore. So he's on the team, and all these other teachers are on the team, and these friends are on the team. And we were not a very good team. We had fun, and I mean, I could talk from first base and just have a good time no matter who was batting. And we played this one team twice during the season, right? And they're all like their mid-20s from college. Their thing was everything we pitched. I'm like, wow, that one really went over the fence that time. Everything, they were just smacking it. They tore us up uh, both, both times we played them during the season, right? So for some accidental reason, we get to play them for the championship, right? And I'll tell you, one time we had one of our ladies, this is no lie, she dove to first base, and she might have been about 20 feet short. She slid, and I'm like what are you doing? And she, we're all like, and then they overthrow first base. We're like, get up, get up, which was terrible. That was bad. That was a very slow resurrection watching her get up. And we had that kind of team, though, people that couldn't hit, people couldn't, and, the, and we played them for the championship. And I, my advice to the pitcher was just throw something that they can't hit because they all want to hit. Just throw it all crazy and let, walk them if you have to. So they're not hitting as well, and for some crazy reason, in a nutshell, we won and beat them in the championship. <laughs> I still laugh thinking about that look on those, those guys' faces, man. I mean, because we had people that they hit it, they could hardly get to, it needed to be a triple for them to make it to first. Because they were like, <laughs> we, we had one teacher that was, she was our daughter's Mother's Day Out teacher, right? And she's probably 30, should be out in her prime. And just to watch her try to run, it was, it was painful. It was bad. And Byron, my friend, he pulled both hamstrings on the first game. So he's running like this. The whole season. <laughs> but So I got a little taste of victory there. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, next season, next season. I said, I'm retiring a champion. I ain't playing anymore. I had enough of all, <laughs> everything that we had to hear. But they've experienced victory. We've experienced victory sometimes in some areas. God wants us to remember what that victory is, but he wants us to move on as well. You know, he wants to bring back those things that are dormant, those relationships that have problems, our attitude, our walk with him any of those type things. He wants to resurrect those, right? Why? For many reasons. But where we can reach out and touch someone, where we can touch some other lives, where we can infect our community and our nation. It's been prophesied here about going to nations, right? That's been happening for a long time, right? Going all over the world right now. Praise the Lord. 
So these people, he, the psalmist is looking back to better days. Past victory is on his mind. He's craving a repeat. <laughs> Think of my grandma. My grandma, when she was 70s or 80s, I remember her looking at me going, boy, what I'd give to be 50 again. And I'm like, why not 20 or 30, you know? 50. But grandma, those were some awesome years. So you soon-to-be 50-year-olds or so, what glorious years apparently for my grandma. You know, because she looked back. You know, it's funny because she'd be picking flowers out in a flower bed in her 50s, and they'd honk, ooh, and whistle at her. They would think it was my mother because of her legs. <laughs> and then she'd turn around, they're like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm honking at the wrong person. <laughs> to, but, but she was looking back and thinking of that. What a wonderful person. The pleading person, pleading, is tired of the present pitiful condition. And we can just say, let's just, at the nation, the bad condition, right? How in the world do we fix that? You don't do it by our thinking, I can assure you. We do it by his thinking. So the question is, in our stuff, in our whatever's going on, how tired are you? Enough to change your ways? You know, there's 92% there's of the people that change their ways every December 31st. There's 100, really, but 92 of them that fail every year, right? I'm going to lose weight, but I'm going to do it eating all meat and, and uh, ice cream. I hadn't read that one anywhere, but if it'll work, I'm in. I am totally in with that one, <laughs> despite that new gluten thing they told me. Darn it. The doctor says that. He says everybody always goes, oh, no, not that. <laughs> not pizza, not pasta, no. That was one of the answers, too, by the way. Find out what's, what's, what's ailing you. That's what we're looking for, right? How tired are we? Tired enough to humble, to humble yourself before the Lord and say, I'm tired of it, Lord. I want this change, and I'm going to do this. When the curveball comes, I'm going to continue to do this. Anybody ever like to share good news with somebody? Well, this scripture does not sound like good news that I'm about to read. <laughs> but it is good news because it's there for us. I put this in last night. I kept reading looking at it. I went, all right, I'm going to read it. This is in Job 1, 13 through 22. Sometime later, while Job's children were having one of their parties at the home of the oldest son, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys grazing in the field next to us when uh, Sabians attacked. They stole the animals and killed the field hands. I'm the only one to get out alive to tell you what happened. While he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, Bolts of lightning struck the sheep and the shepherds and fried them, burned them to a crisp. I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. While he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, Chaldeans coming from three different directions raised, uh, raided the camels and massacred the camel drivers. I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. While he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, Your children were having a party at home of the oldest brother when a tornado swept in off the desert and struck the house, it collapsed on the young people, and they all died. I'm the only one to get out alive to tell you what happened. Job got to his feet, ripped his clothes, shaved his head, then fell to the ground and worshipped. Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I'll return to the womb of the earth. God gives, God takes. God's name be ever blessed. Not once through all this did Job sin. Not once did he blame God. I am astonished by that amazing scripture. I am not like Job, but I want to be like Job. I am not like Jesus, but I want to be like Jesus. i got to strive to do that, and that means i got to wake up in my own way. Come, Holy Spirit. Come to me, 
Come to our nation. Come to us and help me change. Because this guy really, really, he had a bad day. That's horrible. That's one of the worst days in history right there. What would we say? Oh, man, doggone it. It'd be varying, wouldn't it? <laughs> It'd be bad. This is a person desperate for the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be desperate? Well, I looked it up. Feeling, showing, or involving a hopeless sense that a situation is so bad as to be impossible to deal with. That's our nation right now, right? But we serve a God that wants to change the nation, that will change the nation. He's just looking for a few men and women to do it, to assist. And we have that. Amen? I was at a UT game about three years ago, probably, and a man, he's a father of one of the sons that's playing on the team, right? He's walking kind of over by the EMT where they're all lined up out there on the asphalt around the, uh, where the game is. But he passes out and dies right there by all the medical staff, right? They work on him trying to revive him for 30 minutes. 30 minutes. And they brought him back. You know what I got the pleasure to do? <laughs> I'm standing, and I mean this. It was a pleasure. I, I asked the Prammy, would you like me to be praying? So we're praying for like 30 minutes, and we're waiting. <laughs> It's not just because they're black folk, but I got to hear Jesus' name so loud. They're like, preach it. Keep praying, brother. So we're praying, and they're screaming Jesus the whole entire time, and I'm agreeing with them the whole entire time. And this guy, after 30 minutes of being dead, comes back. Isn't that amazing? I've called him a couple of times out there. He's probably a little younger than me, and I say, Mr. So-and-so, you know. And uh, over the last couple of years, you know, he says he's had these battles, but golly. I would tell him something. He goes, that's what my wife said. I'm like, you need to clean the house. I didn't tell him that. I said, God has have a purpose for you. And then I gave him a prophecy. But, you know, the obvious is God's not done with him yet. That's what she said. You know, I'm like, well, what's your plans? Oh, I don't know. Well, let me tell you what your plan should be. <laughs> it ain't sitting around going, woo, I remember and I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> so if things are horrendous, or if they have been, it's imperative that we do something different for that change to happen. Imperative. We know we're, we're, it's the definition of sanity when we're going, well, I'm going to try it again this year. I'm going I'm to try to skip meat and Dr. Pepper for a week. All right, three days. All right, half a day. You know, we don't make it like that, right? You know there's gluten in Dr. Pepper? That's terrible news. That was earth-shattering. tell you that right now. I, I should have never Googled that. <laughs> it can't be right. <laughs> Golly. Do we share the passion for the awakening in our spirit? Now, we get it here sometimes, like, Lord, I want to be awakened. I, I, I can ask him that every day. But in our spirit, he wants to change our circumstances. He wants us to go out and change other people's circumstances that are condemned and going to hell. He is always telling everybody, the enemy is, a bag of lies, a bunch of lies. Well, if you go do this, you do this. He's just telling you to break covenant with him, with the Lord. Go out and do this. You'll find your happiness. You won't. It's no way. Not at all. There's no chance. God loves us so much, he wants us in constant communion with him. I'll tell you what, the happiest people are ones that are in constant communion with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not just occasionally, not just, oh, man, it's going bad. Lord, help me. Amen. Well, let's go. Constant communion. Amen? I get excited thinking about that guy, that 30-minute guy. I'm like, man. Because when we taught CPR, like there was a 10-minute window there. And it's like, but he died. He, he, God knew where he needed to buckle and go down, by the way. You know, but there's usually there was like a 10-minute window if you didn't get all this on them, and they probably weren't going to make it if they, but he made it. Have you ever heard a, <laughs> well, God really craves that, by the way. But you've heard if you ask, you shall receive. If you crave, you shall receive. If you crave, 
you will rise out of the grave as well. You will raise up. God will change your circumstances. The second point is the psalmist sees God as the source of revival. Any of y'all watch Tarzan movie? We can't drum it up ourselves. Beating on your chest. Uh, I'm not even going to do it. But, you know, Tarzan, he's something else. We can't beat our chest. We can't do this. We can't think this. We can't scream and make it change. We can't worship harder and make it change. We got to be intimate with our Lord and Savior. We got to be adamant with our Lord and Savior. What does that mean? That means not a casual acquaintance. That means we're so connected to Him. We're so excited about the relationship with Him. We want to take that to the next level. We want to take our relationship with the Lord to the next level. He wants that too. All will be unsuccessful without the Holy Spirit. There are people that lead good, lead good lives, do great things. To me, I've had people ask before, I said, completely unsuccessful if you haven't raised your kids in the kingdom and you're not as well. Shouldn't have asked. I'm glad you did, though. Uh, we have different views, right? We want the view of our king, right? We want the view of him. We also, he's, first of all, he's crying out for a nation, right? In the Psalms here, he's crying out for the nation. We've been doing the same thing. We've been crying out for the nation. Praise the Lord. We've been crying out for certain things. We've been that adamant. God will deliver it for us. C.H. Spurgeon says, the psalm is the prayer of a patriot for his afflicted country. We got one afflicted country. So our prayers avail us much, much to our Lord and Savior, right? We know we're touching the hem and the garment. We know we're opening up the windows of heaven. This rain and coming down of the power of the Holy Spirit will continue to come, manifest, and get stronger. Can we remember a better time? When I wrote that, I thought, I can remember better and I can remember worse. <laughs> I can remember when this was so great, when I came into the kingdom 55 years ago. Everything's been good. I ain't done nothing since. You need some new, you need some new things, right? We need some new things with the connection of the Holy Spirit. God wants it to be now, and he wants it to be constant. Anybody over here want to be happy all the time? Be cool, be cool, yeah, all the time. <laughs> Anybody over here? The, the true happiness is the joy of the Holy Spirit, is the real connection with our Father, the real deal, right? Do we dare believe that God can strengthen us, like he says, that he can deliver us, that he can intervene, that he can step in, that he can show up with force, like Romans 8, 37, right? He says that he will, be, he will come with much, much power. Hmm. I'll tell you, the enemy, uh, let me tell you this story about the enemy. When I was at, uh, years and years ago, uh, Pastor Jimmy Autry was there, we had a youth camp, and uh, this young guy, he talks to uh, Jimmy and I, and he says, my mom and my uh, sister, they're both in the insane asylum. He says, I can hear these voices. I think he had satanic rituals done on him and stuff like that. You know, he says, I don't want to be like that. What a, what a bad outlook to, to, to face, right? So we sat down, we prayed for him, and we were praying for him. Uh, he's, he's pr Jimmy's praying, and I'm sitting here on his left, and the boy stands up, and he's going, with his fist clenched. If he, he says, and, and Jimmy, Pastor Jimmy says, what are you thinking? He says, well, I'm thinking right now that, he goes, I want to kill you, but I know that's not me. I know that's not the way I want to think. And he's going, he says, I understand, son. So we prayed for him. And we prayed to break these things off and do stuff. And during the night, well, after that, though, when I got ready to lay down because of the threat, I said, Lord, if he comes at me during the night, I'd ask that you wake me up. That's a reasonable request, right? So during the middle of the night, see if this is falling off. During the middle of the night, uh, I opened my eyes, and he's standing right over top of me. And I went, oh. I didn't think, wow, that was a quick answer. I just thought, whoa, there he is. 
And I thought, what's going on? He said, the dreams, they're worse than ever. You know, he's tormented. You could hear him flailing during the night and all this kind of stuff. But we prayed for him to be completely delivered that night because the power of the Holy Spirit can do that. And I believe that to this day, and I always want to follow up with him somewhere because it's been so long. But, you know, and I went, I really, after that, this is going to surprise you, this part. But after that, I went to the bathroom to go potty. What a surprise, right? You know, because I go occasionally. And I went there, and this big shadow goes whoosh, over me. And I look around, I'm like, hey, ain't nobody here. And then I got, and it happens again. And I thought, oh, this must be demonic. And I kind of chuckled and went, man, he don't even give me a pee break. <laughs> the demonic don't care. He doesn't care, right? He's after you, trying to ruin, <laughs> ruin that special time or whatever. Trying to ruin whatever for any of us, right? But, you know, that'll make you think differently. You're like, oh, that was, no, it was, it was, it was the enemy who wasn't happy with us praying for that young guy, right? So the last thing is the psalmist looks beyond remorse to rejoicing, to rejoicing. <laughs> Ever beat yourself up? Of course you have. <laughs> we all have, right? <laughs> I wrote something that I just can't even see. It's okay. Well, let, me tell you, let me tell you, let me ask you this. Uh, if you go to the copier room, you know, to turn the light on, there's a switch on this side and a switch on that side. They both do the same light. We, got, we have one like that at home too. But, you know, you walk in to flip it up, and it's, it's already up, so you got to flip it down. You know, they work at each other, right? They do the same light. So anytime I walk into the copy room, it's always the opposite way, right? So I can see a picture right now as a prophetic picture for everybody that those light switches, but sometimes one of them, you know, you, you move a little bit and it's stuck in the middle. So when you're over here doing this one, you're going, huh, it ain't working. You know, but then you think for a minute, you're like, oh, oh that's right. It got stuck that time uh, 10 years ago. I should remember that. You know, so, so there's, there's a picture in my mind that it sees the light switch that's been stuck, right, that had been, God has moved that light switch down and he's going to control it with the one light switch and go back to the, the regular way with one. He wants you to know that there's a flip, there's a reset getting ready to take place in your life to where not only will there be bright illumination on your situation, but it will be, you're not going to walk into that room like I do and be confused at which way the light is. You're going to walk in, you're going to have more clarity in your heart, more clarity in your situation. Why will you have that? It's because you're going to be obedient. You're going to kneel before the Holy Spirit and you're going to say, I want all you got, Lord. Please come into my situation. That's the picture that I see for some folks here that are here, maybe may many of us. <clears throat> Revive of us again that the people may rejoice. <laughs> this, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll share this story too. Have y'all ever seen anybody score a touchdown on TV? After they score a touchdown, we don't know for sure, but I'll just hypothetically, they're pointing up, right, to heaven. Some of them are pointing to the king, to Jesus. I don't know what they're all pointing to, but you ever see them point and do that? <laughs> Sometimes I think, you know what, they're not really pointing. They're just standing there because they know, take a picture of me, man. This is my time right here to shine, baby. I ain't like Barry Sanders. I'm not going to drop the ball. I'm going to stand right here where everybody can see me, you know, to where the, it's their time to shine. I've always thought this for years and years and years. Somebody gets like form tackled and they get drilled and they're on the receiving end of the pain. They're laying there like looking like they got a concussion. I have never seen one of them point up yet. It's always because of I remember I just scored a touchdown, Right. So God realizes that there are those special times that we can reflect back on, but is he really the sinner? Is it really him? Is it really him that we're pointing to, like these people that are pointing to wherever are doing that? Is it about them, or is it about the King of Kings, Jesus Christ? Jesus wants us to walk out today and go, you know what, there's so much more I could have in my relationship with the Lord. There's so much more I can do for others to bless them, to reach out and do that. The goal of this prayer is a rejoicing people. That's the goal of this prayer in Psalms, 
is a rejoicing people because of the Holy Spirit. The prayer believes the best is yet to come. So we're not living in the past. We can recognize it. I'm grateful for things that have happened in the past. I'm grateful for lots of things. But we don't live in the past. We can learn from it. We can move on. We can look back and go, wow, man, what is he going to do? I know what he's going to do. He's going to do what he said. So let's identify with the optimistic faith. That's what this is. There are people that can walk out of church today, and there can be one of the most uplifting sermons you ever heard in your life. And somebody can go, well, what'd you get from that? Well, you know, he talked about change. He talked about, he talked about me being better. I didn't really appreciate it because he didn't say nothing about me being in my recliner with a remote here and Doritos here and a little bell over here. Uh, so I didn't really get what I wanted out of it. We, to get what we really want, we're going to constantly hear, constantly hear that bad curse word that we need to change, that we need to change, we need to adapt to situations. God wants us to reach to him, to reach to the stars, because you know what? He is the stars. Amen? Here's my conclusion, C.H. Spurgeon, on the results of revival. A genuine revival, with, revival without joy in the Lord is as impossible as spring flowers or day without lights. It's just not going to happen. Well, we having, we're having a revival this weekend. I don't think so. Right? And, and people, bless their hearts, they have those, right? I've seen them growing up. But there was nothing constant that I saw that really, really was a move of the Holy Spirit. That's what God wants revival to be. That's the great awakening that he wants us to have to be able to deal with. So let's dare to pray and expect. We've all heard ask, seek, and knock, right? We've asking. We've been asking. We're seeking, which means we ain't giving up. We're knocking. To me, that's a picture of taking the doors off the hinges. We have beat on that door so much. Ask, seek, and knock means we, got, we have a, a passion to do so. We have a passion corporately for our whole family here. I'll tell you what, like we heard over there, I think Bishop, when they were saying earlier, but if you hurt, I hurt, right? I can rejoice with you. God comes and blesses you. I want to rejoice with you. We want to rejoice with you, right? So let us dare to pray and expect. Ask, seek, and not. So the things are, we want to, plea, he was pleading for a revival. We've asked for that. We've been asking the same thing. Lord, come. He sees God as the source. There's no other way. And looks beyond remorse to, rec, uh, to rejoicing. God wants us to recognize him, to rejoice in him. And I tell you what. Today, I got to recognize when I hear that and when I talk to Alan and Rochelle a little bit off there of what's taking place today, I get to re recognize the greatness that's in our church. Very excited about that. And I'm in that. I am so excited about things that God's doing, things that he's doing to people that we care about. Amen? Amen? You know, his word will not return void. It will not return void. So his plans will go on as he said they'll go on. So if you would, uh, could you stand to your feet and, and, and we will pray? And then we'll be dismissed. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are grateful today for you. Lord, in a nutshell, revive us again, Lord. Revive us. If we've never been revived, bring us into the kingdom, Lord. Help us to do our part. Revive us, Lord God. We are asking for that great awakening, Lord God. Uh, we know we've heard the first, the second, and many others, Lord God. We just want what you want. Come the way that you want to come, Holy Spirit. Do the things that you need to do. And I just prophetically speak, just like that picture of the light, Lord God, you are coming and situations are going to change. Be with everybody today. Bless them. And thank you for the, the, the power that we can feel in our spirit today because of you. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you all. You can be dismissed.